NC State and Virginia Tech in action tonight. Focus is going to be on the Wolfpack's offense, while NC State's defense should do work against a very, very, I wouldn't even call it mediocre, Virginia Tech offense. Plus, the the world continues to dunk on Russell Wilson. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by Geico. You got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest you. Let's get it. The World Series starts tomorrow night, Joe. It's the Astros from the AL, Phillies from the NL. Astros are favored in the game and the series. Can I interest you in a correct series prop prediction? Go on. You like the Phillies, correct? Yeah, I do like the Phillies. Although, I just found out if the Phillies win the World Series, our economy goes in the tank. That's usually how it works, right? Yeah, if the Phillies win the World Series. And 08. Yep. And, yeah. Yep, there is a direct correlation to when the Phillies win and the economy going. I was going to say something I can't say. Might be a reason anyway. to take the Phillies. <laughs> Maybe. So what do you like? You like the Phillies in five, six, seven? I'll give you the right prop here. Give me six. Philly and six is six and a half to one. That's a nice little payoff. You, right. sh- you should hop on that. I'll give you the money. Verlander and uh, Aaron Nola in game one. Houston minus 164. Mm. Fairly significant for a pair of evenly matched teams. I, look, I, 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 will, I will admit I have an affinity for Bryce Harper. Okay. So well, some kind of home run to get him there. So I, I'd, totally, I'd totally love to see that. And there's also, I, I don't want the economy to crash. But I also would like to see Philadelphia lose it. But that's what I'm banking on. Bryce, I, Bryce Harper, World Series MVP, seven one. Yeah, okay. not a bad payout. Not a bad, yeah, not a bad payout. I want to see the the Phillies win and then the Eagles win the Super Bowl. That's what I want. You want the double? I want the double. The Philly special. That's been dubbed. I want the Philly special, and I want people to just I don't know, like be making love to cheesesteaks out in the streets. That's what I want to see. Please right. don't challenge them because we know that they're willing to oh, do they just will. about anything. They'll do actually. They'll one up you. They'll get a cheesesteak. They'll go to, to Nick's and go get a pork roll too, and just go to town. That's what I want to see in the streets of Philadelphia. Next up, one of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So did you uh, did you tell me you tried to get Kane's outdoor game tickets today? I perused Ticketmaster this morning for Kane's outdoor tickets. What time yes. did you do it at though? Probably about eight o'clock yeah. in the morning. Now you were looking at the seven forty-five. Maybe. You were looking at the resale. Okay. You were, I think they released new tickets, which are all gone now, at ten o'clock this morning. But you and I were too busy getting in trouble at a supermarket at that time. Okay. So that's another story altogether. Coming, uh, coming soon. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Never doubt the cease and desist. So, you were a little flabbergasted by the prices, right? I was. I mean, they're selling a lot. Of tickets. Yes, they are. I mean, this is a... Um, I'm guessing there's going to be 60,000 seats being sold for this. Yeah, and I think I do think the secondary market will come down in price a little okay. bit once we get closer to the outdoor game. I think the cheapest I could find was 250 a ticket. See, I don't find it that bad. I don't find 250 resale market for a one-off event like this sure. all that bad. I get it from you're used to paying X amount for a hockey game, but you know no, my stance on I, this. It's not, a, it's not a normal hockey game. No, I understand that, and... It's more of a supply and demand to me. Like you're saying, if it was like a big, if we were, it was almost like if the ACC championship was at Reynolds Coliseum and there were only 5,000 seats. Sure. I would totally get 
oh, you know what? You're going you're gonna to need to pay oh, dude. however to get what, in the building. What right? do you think an ACC championship game at Reynolds Coliseum with 55,000 people would cost in the resale market? 5,500 people. Or 5,500. Yeah, 5, yeah that's what bad. I'm saying. But that's supply how much and demand th- How me. much do you think that would go for? Oh. Now I'm thinking. Now, if it's Duke and Carolina. Ah, or State and Carolina. If it's State, state Carolina. If it's State Carolina. <laughs> There are some acts that we cannot describe on the radio that would take place. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's the part I'm not getting. Like, are you really going to sell 60,000 tickets to this at that price? Now, I I understand not all of them have been sold at that price. I get that. Yeah. These are a lot of what you're seeing right now is resale price. And that's the thing that people seem to be confusing because this is a plan by Ticketmaster, by the way, to confuse you. Sure. They don't want you to think about resale prices. They want you to think about, oh, this is just the price. It's all variable. It's all weird. It's all algorithm based. And honestly, it stinks. But I do have something that you can enjoy for free, Joe. Okay. It won't cost you a bunch of money on the resale market. Talk to me. It's the Carolina Hurricanes Outdoor Game Fan Fest. That's going to take place on February 17th in downtown Raleigh. It's going to feature Hurricanes alumni, street hockey, ice skating, bunch of local vendors, food trucks, craft beer, live music, art installations, photo stations, kids zone activities, inflatables. It's going to run on Fayetteville Street from City Plaza all the way to the state capitol. And again, that's going to take place on Friday, February 17th from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. I wonder if we'll do this show from there. Hmm. Hmm. I can't wait to get on the ice. Oh, are you going to bring your skates? Yeah. You would be that guy, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm going full gear. Got my hockey equipment in my trunk. Let's go. Of course you do. It's like the one time I discovered Mike Maniscalco, who does play-by-play for the Carolina Hurricanes, has his baseball bag in his car. Because you never know when a baseball game might break out. Never know. Never know. Might need my lacrosse stick. Just let you know. Next up. While we've been focused on the SEC teams who could make the college football playoff, there is a dark side Mm. to where it just means more. Let's start with Auburn. Joe, yeah. <laughs> in, in 2021, Brian you fire the coach. Brian Harson signed 18 players in the class of 21. Ten of those 18 players have now either left or are in the portal as we speak. As the Tigers flounder, and Harson at three and four, and Harson struggles to keep his job. Then let's go to Texas A&M. Texas A&M also having problems with this most recent, the, 20, the class of 22. They have to suspend players. Players are in the portal. They spent all that money. And, well, the natives are getting restless down at College Station, Joe, because the one thing you have to care about in the SEC is recruiting. Yeah. Always be recruiting, ABC, ABC. And there are times where Jimbo Fisher talks a lot. There are times where Jimbo Fisher talks really fast. And then there are times where Jimbo Fisher said something, and I'm going, you know, you know, I didn't think of it that way. Here's Fisher when he's being asked what the recruiting pitch could be since, you know, the Aggies are struggling right now. Uh, with four losses so far, it's been pretty disappointing. What's mm-hmm. your message to recruits about the future of the program? Look at what we're doing and the guys that happened. And you know, also, you know, you look at that in the back, they see opportunities. Everybody says, I'll go somewhere that's <laughs> winning all the time. I may not play for a while. You know what I'm saying? But, no, we've got good young players. Look at the young players' team. Look at the young talent we have. Look at the guys making a lot of the plays, and they see it. We've got, we got a good nucleus of what we're doing and that we're only a playoff on all those games. And you sell that and you see it and be truthful about it. There's no – in recruiting, the key to in recruiting, there's no pitch. When you're a good recruiter, you tell the truth. 
Recruiting is about one thing, truth and relationships. You can draw it up a hundred ways, but silly. All There is no pitch. There is no magical formula. There is no pixie dust. You build a relationship through truth and trust and be honest with them about where you see them, what they do, and, and you don't base everything off one year either. You don't base, you base things off history, what people have done, where they've been, what's happened, schools have happened, players, and see, and see the future of what a program is. But it's based off truth and trust. Not a, it's what you tell them. It's not a pitch. You see all that. You see all that winning over there. Yeah. You don't want to be a part of that. You're not going to get on the field. They don't want you. What does that winning get you? Well, (laughs) it it, it gets you 9.5 million dollars a year. That's that's what you get if you're Jimbo Fisher. By the way, through 55 games, here is the record between Kevin Sumlin, the former coach at Texas A&M, and Jimbo Fisher who has all this guaranteed money and an albatross of a contract. The record through 55 games for Kevin Sumlin, 39 and 16. The record for Jimbo Fisher, 37 and 18. Versus the SEC, Kevin Sumlin was 18 and 15. Jimbo Fisher, 22 and 15. Versus ranked teams, 10 and 11 for Kevin Sumlin. 9 and 11 for Jimbo Fisher. Bowl record, nearly identical. 3-1 and one for Kevin Sumlin, 3-0 and oh for Jimbo Fisher. Oh, yeah. oh, by the way, no SEC titles. So why'd you fire one guy? And Oh, and you get this guy all his money? Well, I mean, Jimbo obviously came from Florida State having won a national championship, but who probably is owed the most amount of this money if you're Jimbo Fisher when you have to reevaluate your life? Oh, Jameis Winston for the 2013 championship at Florida State and then yep. the team that went unbeaten during the regular season in 2014. Jameis, man. Get your money. I want Matt Rule to have a convo with Jimbo. That with would be speed. Imagine that, trying to be the stenographer for that one. I feel like a Jimbo Fisher Matt Rule conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an HBO special. I don't know where these two coaches talk about things. I feel like you also have to get noted rap enthusiast Twista <laughs> to be the moderator mm-hmm. and just let them go all back and forth. That's where you go. Next up, number two. Man, it was all good just a year ago for Russell Wilson. With Denver Broncos, things have gone to hell in a handbasket. Geno Smith is beloved in Seattle now. I mean, Seattle's Gino, okay. yeah. Geno's Get doing all done. right. Get it done. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson is doing high knees on a charter plane to London and getting roasted by everybody. And I was curious. I was curious when somebody... When people were going to start noticing that all the things that Russell Wilson's doing right now, these are the things he's always done. And it's interesting to me that the losses, the way the season has gone in Denver, has finally started to get people to go, wait a minute, you're kind of phony. In fact, that's what Keyshawn Johnson said this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max about Russell's teammates thinking he's phony. Just stop. Just stop with always telling somebody what you're doing and how you're doing it. Just be the quarterback of the team, man. Because when I think about it, and I like Russell. I like him a lot. I've interviewed him. I've been around him a bunch. But I don't need to hear that you worked out for four hours on a plane and you studied up the film and while everybody else was sleeping. Like, I don't need to hear those sort of things. It's not going to make me think, oh, God, you're doing everything right and nobody else is doing anything. They're just sitting on the plane and sleeping while you're, you're so in tune with doing everything. Because... What's going to happen, man, is the things that's happening to him now. People think he's phony. It's all an act. And it shouldn't be that way because he's a good football player when everything is going right. And I just hate to see this happening to him. And eventually, his teammates are going to start side-eyeing him if they haven't already. You're a phony. (laughs) 
That was Keyshawn Johnson. You can listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max on 99.9 The Fan, 6 to 10. I don't – here's the here's the thing. I don't, I don't think Russell Wilson's phony. I think what you get out of Russell Wilson is what you get out of Russell Wilson. I think what Russell Wilson lacks is self-awareness. Yeah. That he doesn't know he, – he, he definitely has his own orbit. Yes, he does. Like, he believes what he's doing. Yeah. That's, that's how we got here. That's always been the way that he's been. Mm-hmm. But at some point, somebody's going to have to – somebody in your circle, in your orbit, has to tell you, hey, man, you might want to reevaluate how you're going about things because it ain't working for you right now. I mean, that's all part of the process. you got to reevaluate what you do. If it's not working for you, well, get back in the lab, as you might say. Break it down. Break down the film. Understand that all these other things that you're doing, the photo shoots and everything else, not a good look for you right now. So maybe dial it back. I don't know. Maybe take a lesson from the guy who recruited you, Chuck Amato. Hey, at the end of the day, Chuck Amato got rid of all the antics and tried to be a serious coach, remember? Of course, he still lost games, and the rest is history, but yeah. Look, pro tip for Russell Wilson and really anybody else. If you if you have to constantly tell me how smart you are, it probably means that you're not. I mean, I'm not saying you're not smart, but it's probably not as smart as you think you are. And the same applies for guys like Russell Wilson who constantly have to tell you how they're constantly working. Y'all, you don't have to tell me. I'll be able to see it. J.J. Watt was guilty of this, too. Remember, like, there was, there was a hurricane coming down oh, Houston. No, yeah. no, no. It was, oh. there, you know, it was, there was a hurricane headed towards Houston, man. Like, a pretty devastating hurricane. And what's he doing? I'm in the gym. And then, yes, there is his cabin in the woods. Of course, you come to find out what that cabin in the woods is really about. It's not like he's really roughing it. It was a pretty luxurious cabin that he was hanging out in. Buddy. You don't got to constantly tell us how hard you're working. We get it. We can look at you. Russell Wilson's an interesting case study because he made his way in Seattle where they had an outstanding defense. They yes. had an outstanding running game, but he did add a different element to their offense. Part of that was him running. Mm-hmm. So far through six games in Denver right now, Joe, 21 attempts, so just about three a game for 96 yards and no ru- and one rushing touchdown. It's not enough. And I get it. You you want to be known as a pocket passer or you want to be known as whatever you think you want to be known as. But his ability to extend plays and extend drives is what got him to the NFL. And if he can't do that anymore, just like Cam Newton, then he can't play in the NFL anymore. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. NC State, Virginia Tech, Wolfpack, are truly starting what remains of their season. Devin Leary's injury against Florida State, they got through it, powered through, found a way to win. Syracuse got them defensively and NC State's defense to a certain extent, letting them down a little bit. But again, I view this open date and the game tonight against Virginia Tech as the real next chapter for what this Wolfpack season is going to be about. We'll expand on that next. We have Virginia Tech and NC State tonight at Carter-Finley Stadium. You got the open date for the Wolfpack. NC State head football coach Dave Doran talked to the media this week about how that buy was needed for this team. Yeah, it was hard. Um, so it was a great time. I mean, that's the longest I've gone since I've been here without a buy, like to go that many weeks straight. So physically, mentally, all of it, fatigue, um, it was good to have, even if Devin was playing, it would have been a good time for us to have a bye, you know. These weeks, because uh, you start, you know, at the end of July, basically with your players, and 
there's not a lot of time for them just to reset and go spend time with their families and get out of town. So I think it came at a great time. And then for Coach Beck and the offense to be able to tweak things and have a little bit more time to evaluate it and study other people's film. So that's Dave Dorn, NC State head football coach, talking to the media this week. And he referenced it, Julio, some time for Tim Beck and the offense to get some things cooked up going forward without Devin Leary, who's out for the season uh, with a shoulder peck injury. So what can we expect? I mean, two quarterbacks, Jack Chambers and MJ Morris, maybe just giving the ball to MJ Morris more often than not, since he might be the ticketed future, as you put it. They've been able to do this before without Devin Leary. 2020 comes to mind. They can be creative. The question is, do they have the personnel to be as creative as they once were in 2020 the rest of the season? If we want to trust the depth chart, which I think is probably safe this week after the shenanigans before the Syracuse game. Devin Carter, receiver, listed on there as a starter. That's a good sign. Trent Penix, who got hurt in the ECU game, listed as a starter at one of the tight end slash fullback positions. That's a good sign. Demi Sumo Karngbe, who who tore, uh, twisted up his ankle at the end of that Florida State game, missed the Syracuse game. Also listed as in the or starting position. Mm-hmm. If you get those three skill players back, it could make a significant difference in the offense with Chambers, with Morris. And yes, I would like to see both quarterbacks. To your point, Chambers is not going to be a quarterback after the season. If he played well against, if he had played well enough against Syracuse to kind of hold down the fort, I'd say, you know what? See how many games you can win with him over these next five weeks. Yeah, I think we saw a bit of a ceiling with Jack Chambers last week, but maybe given the more time during the, the the extra practice, maybe given the more options on offense at those skill player positions, it can help. You know, the biggest thing for NC State in those in while they had Devin Leary, their offensive line wasn't good enough. No, uh, and it's interesting to me when Ikiakuanu was being evaluated for the NFL draft last year, a lot of people were like, man, he could be the number one overall pick. He could be this, he could be that. And I cautioned people. I said, Ikiakuanu is really good at run blocking, but he struggles in pass blocking. And I've noticed this year, you could probably say the same thing about NC State's entire offensive line. Fair. Like, they've done a pretty good job run blocking. They have not done a good job pass blocking. And I wonder why that is. That, that has become a trait of their line. That's not good. you got to fix that. Uh, so we'll see what adjustments were made both on the offensive line and at the quarterback position since they had extra time to prepare for this game. I'll counter that we don't really know what Jack Chambers is capable of because it wasn't until they were trailing against Syracuse that they seemed to try to play catch-up. Sure. They, I think NC State, I think, went to in that game to control mode again and try to squeeze out a win in the same way that we saw against Texas Tech at the beginning of the season with Devin Leary at quarterback. And even to a certain extent, they relied on their defense making game-changing plays against Florida State, and they got the hell out of there with a win in the second half without Devin Leary. So I don't know what Jack Chambers is capable of because we didn't really see them kind of open things up or have them throw yeah, it but I think until it, late. Yeah, but I think the Florida State and Syracuse games give you an idea of what they think he's capable of. Well... That's another problem that the Sensi State team seems to have from time to time. Sometimes there's a little paralysis by analysis. Sure. Sometimes Dave Doran, one of the big knocks against Dave Doran, I don't think this is unfair criticism, is that there's a tendency to get a little too conservative and not believing in what you've got. Let them at least try to win a game this way rather than holding them back. That means there was some of that knock earlier this year with Devin Leary of just like, hey, why don't you just let him cook? Right? Why are you being so conservative? Or 
run the dang ball more. Like those I, get, I think it all goes back to the offensive line. And yes, there's a lot of circumstances as to why the offense has been the way that it is. And it's not. Let's not act like before Devin Leary's injury that that was an offense that was clicking. It simply was not. For again, for a variety of reasons. You say offensive line. I say wide receivers outside of Thayer Thomas, who did not elevate their game like some people thought they would. It happens yeah, I mean, that Devin way. Gardner in particular. It I'm happens He's that been way. dealing with an injury. We yes. don't know. And he missed the Syracuse game. We'll see if he can come back and play tonight. And that's another factor, too, when it comes to injuries. You know, Dave Dorn's not really talking about injuries until what? They're until they're gone. out for the year. Until they're yeah. out for the year, right? So that's another thing to keep in mind. But here's, about, here's the deal for tonight. NC State should not have a problem against Virginia Tech when it comes to stopping them. Virginia Tech is bad. I, I really don't know how else to put it. They're bad. Look at all the offensive categories. They're last or near last in terms of yards per carry, yards per pass attempt, total offense. Look at it. It's bad. But Dave Doran did try to shine it up just a little bit. You got to go coach speak. You got to highlight the thing to do well. And Dave Doran did find something to praise Virginia Tech's offense for this week. Yeah, physical team, you know, uh, really good third down defense. They're number one in the league in third down. They're in the first year, you know, with their coach. And you can see that their schemes have advanced as the weeks have gone on. I think the quarterback has a really good arm. Uh, he's mobile. And so it's a super uh, experienced football team. You know, when you look on, on paper, you see a lot of sixth, fifth, and fourth-year players playing for them. So we know they'll come down here, you know, excited to play us and going to be a physical game and you know playing Thursday night you got a lot of people watching you so that's Dave Dorn NC State head football coach uh, on Virginia Tech tonight at Carter Finley Stadium 7 30 is the scheduled kickoff again they should be able to stop them defensively all eyes are going to be on what they've got cooked up offensively stay wins tonight should be an empty calorie special for NC State they've been known to, to pour it out when they don't need to pour it out. So maybe we'll see that tonight. Yeah, that's next week. That's, You'd love to save it for next week. That's say, for sure. That's next week against Wake Because you Forest. know Wake's going to pour it out against you. And, you know, the way the schedule breaks out might actually be advantageous for NC State because they had the open date to get things somewhat corrected ahead of Virginia Tech, a game they should win, and then they get the weekend to prepare for Wake Forest. I still think the Demon Deacons win that game, but, hey, man, college football is weird like that. Just look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. You'll see the channel. Smash the subscribe button. Can they just press it or nope. does it have to be smashed? Nope. nope. Got to hammer it. I've been told by content creators okay. on YouTube that if you're going to subscribe to a channel, you must smash the subscribe button. Smash it. Okay. So go ahead and do that. Maybe we can come up with a new word. Gently press. Caress it. <laughs> Right? Boop, boop it like you would a dog's nose. Mm. Boop the subscribe button. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll do maybe we'll come up with a new way. We'll 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 come up with our own phrase at some point. Check out our hot and cold picks of the week on Monday. We'll give you uh some of the things that happened over the weekend that may or may not have slipped under your radar. We'll point those out on Monday. Brought to you by Any Day Heating and Cooling, a family owned company. So I got bad news for North Carolina. I mean, I know we got NC State, Virginia Tech tonight. We've talked about that uh, a good bit. We both think NC State should win this game tonight. 
There's I a, really shouldn't use that word, you know. But there's a pivotal, pivotal Coastal game on Saturday night, North Carolina Pitt. And I, I hate to break this to North Carolina fans, but it doesn't matter what happens on Saturday. If you beat Pat Narduzzi and the Pitt Panthers, cool. But in Pat Narduzzi's mind, they're going to remain undefeated. Because according to Pat Narduzzi, I'm paraphrasing here, but he had media availability. And he basically said, look, you know, the, our mentality is that we've beaten ourselves. We haven't been beaten. So that makes us undefeated. That's the way we're viewing it. Ooh. We are undefeated. They're four and three, though. No, they're not. One and two in the league. You have no. You you're not galaxy brain enough. You must untether yourself from a static plane of timeline. Lost to Georgia nope. Tech. Nope. Lost to Louisville. Nope. Unbeaten nope. because they've beaten themselves, not the other team. That's how it works. Look, all jokes aside. As much as Pitt's season has gone kind of eh this year, for a variety of reasons, they still got a pretty decent defense, and they can run the damn ball. And I still don't trust North Carolina's defense enough to say that, hey, yeah, not nah, Carolina, man. Locked in. I saw the ACC Network today had posted percentages for who's going to win the Atlantic, who's going to win the Coastal. You know, like Clemson's at 99% or whatever it is, given what they've done. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, including a win against Syracuse this past weekend. Carolina is still flirting at like 88% or somewhere around that range. Look, man, I still I think they're going to do it, but it's going to be an adventure along the way. I mean, they can go 3-2 and two and still win the league. Yep. Everything, that broke the, everything broke their way this past weekend. The teams that needed to lose lost for North Carolina. So that sets up an interesting matchup, 8 o'clock. I think that's on the ACC network. But back yes. back to the Wolfpack tonight. And against uh, Virginia Tech, shout out to the Virginia Tech fans who understood what we were trying to do this week and giving them a little pick-me-up. Yeah, man. There's things we know in the triangle. That's when your football season doesn't go the way you want it to go. We uh, we gave out earlier today one lucky Virginia Tech fan who's in town for the game. He's from uh, what? From Roanoke. Roanoke. He won a Metallica CD, the Black Album, Enter Sandman, a lunch pail. I'm curious to see what he does with it and a Virginia Tech ACC Tournament 2022 championship T-shirt. Because, say, you can stunt on Carolina and Duke people with that shirt. Beat them along the way. But here's the thing about tonight. There is no pick-me-up for the Hokies. Hokies are bad. And I think I think people are finally coming around to just how bad things got under Justin Fuente, right? Right. Well, the, the, the stinger of seeing Hendon Hooker. That finally did it. At Tennessee... Yeah. And really, it is the front runner for the Heisman Trophy right now. Speaking of things we understand in this area, mm-hmm. you know, Russell Wilson left, went to Wisconsin, and he was bla- yeah. he was a blaze for the Badgers. Had him in the top ten, had him in the, com- the Heisman conversation himself. I think that's the stinger, and we're seeing this, by the way, in college football so far this season. We we jokingly played a clip from Texas A and M head coach Jimbo yeah. Fisher. The season's not going the way they thought they were going to go. They got some player issues. Look at all these other teams winning. Yeah. Ah, who, who wants who that? Who wants any part of that? You want to be a part of this where you're going to get some playing time. All right. That's an interesting Would you sell. rather play or win? <laughs> Meanwhile, you got uh, Auburn, where I think I saw the stat that more players have left Auburn's program or intend to leave Auburn's program this week than they have wins. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the sign, man. 
That's the sign. And that's what we're trying to say about Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech for the longest time. There's a reason why I play. There's always going to be transfer portal issues. Yeah, but Fuente was but it's before a, the portal really had opened. But what I'm trying to get at here, what I'm trying to get at here is that you're always going to have in this era, players are going to try to better their situations sure. and go somewhere else, and there's no knock on that. That's not always a direct reflection of the nope. head coach. Nope. The personal reasons for you to want to go somewhere else. However... When they're in volumes of like that, then it's, it, yes, it is a problem with the coach. It's a rate issue at that point, yeah. and that's what you're seeing at Auburn. I'm I'm still shocked that Harson has a job at Auburn, and this is important too because there's going to be a, a there's going to be a series of events as we get closer to the end of the season. We had that early rash of firings in college right. football, but we knew that's not how it was going to end. There was going to be another round of. Yeah, so you have two jobs in the Big Ten that came open during the season. Yep. You had Wisconsin and you had Nebraska. Then Arizona State made a change. But, yeah, I mean, Auburn certainly is going to fire Brian Harson. Mm-hmm. They're going to need a new coach. That's a good job now. Now, they're a little bit crazy there. But look at Tennessee. They're a little bit crazy, too. But if you get the right person there, you can win there. That's what we know. That is, yeah. 